listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Good afternoon and welcome. I greet you with the greeting of St. Francis. May the Lord give you peace. Amen. Amen. Boy, it feels good to have a holy day of obligation, doesn't it? <laughs> you know? It falls on a Monday or a Saturday, it doesn't. So we've got one, we've got it, and you're here, you're here, praise God. And what better place to go than this shrine? On a Mother Mary feast day, you gotta go to a shrine, right? So praise God. Feast of St. Joseph will be over at your place, okay? <laughs> but today we're here, we're here, praise God. And um, I wanna tell you a story. This is such an interesting feast day. And uh, boy, I just was praying over it and I, you know, I was studying Mariology, and I could probably go on and on for hours, which is totally inappropriate, so don't worry. Um, just one hour. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and it's like, what do we talk about? We want to talk about the history. Do we want to talk about the, the theological meaning? The, and so he, I want to tell you a story. Um, Brother Pius and I became assigned to be chaplains here a little over a year and a half ago, and it's just been a great joy and as soon as we got here, we've been praying to the Holy Spirit, you know, guide us. What does it mean to be chaplains of a shrine? <laughs> Never done this before, you know. Although uh, doing pilgrimages to shrines has been some of the grace-filled things I've ever done. You know, Fatima and Lourdes and Guadalupe and, and other places. And um, so in that prayer, we've been receiving inspirations from the Holy Spirit. You know, like the, the history of this shrine, the Blue Army, Our Lady of Fatima, the spirituality, the whole thing. And uh, so we've been trying to just pastorally lead things according to the spirituality of, of this place. And uh, the graces have been tremendous. And in the recent kind of round of this inspiration, we had the idea of creating a prayer exhibit. So we've done four of them now. You may have remembered the Shroud of Turin during the uh, Lenten season spectacular. So this prayer exhibit just opened a couple of days ago. So um, good timing, huh? <laughs> And it's all based off of the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So um, down there at the Holy House Chapel, there's the, the chapel, and then there's a, a little gallery room next to it. So make sure you get down there. It's open today. There's a religious community here on retreat, but they're gone for the day, so it will be open today. And so we were praying over this idea of the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And of course, we begin with her conception. So the very first image is St. Joachim and St. Anne. They were elderly. They couldn't conceive. And kind of like Abraham and Sarah, they receive this message from God and they conceive this little girl and uh, just a beautiful story there. And then Mother Mary's life as it unfolds and she, she struggled. There was a lot of difficulties. This was not easy. And so we know the, um, the traditional Our Lady of Sorrows, you know, the, the swords in her heart. And so we're kind of highlighting that, these things that happened in her life where it was very difficult. And um, sometimes in the spiritual life, difficulties are described as a night. You've heard this, the dark night of the soul, right? St. John of the Cross. But it's a metaphor to describe, you know, when it's dark and you can't see, it's difficult. And Mother Mary had many of these moments where it was difficult, but in every one of these moments, she remained faithful to God's grace. You know, she prayed, she held on to her faith, she persevered, and just amazing. And in some ways, we see her as being symbolized as the moon, so the moon doesn't have any of its own light. Mother Mary is not God. She doesn't have her own light. But the moon reflects the light of the sun. And that's what Mother Mary does. So people ask you Catholics, why do you have such a great love for Mother Mary? It's because she reflects the light 
of her son, Jesus, the light of God, especially at nighttime. Boy, we appreciate the moon, don't we? Especially if you're lost in Warren County, (laughs) New Jersey, half the roads are closed. (laughs) You know, you appreciate that moon. Okay. And, but here's the thing. Today's feast day really stands as the bookend. This is it. This was the end of her life. We know that the Holy Father, when he declared this dogma in 1950, he didn't describe whether she died or not. There's a few different traditions, but the tradition is, is that Mother Mary passed away. And in the icon tradition of that, you see Mother Mary's body, you see the, the apostles around her, and you see the Lord Jesus standing there. And the Lord Jesus is holding a baby girl. It is the soul of Mary as she's uh, gone to the other side. And it's, it's such a striking image because we're so used to Mother Mary holding the baby Jesus. And the early church fathers would say, you're holding the one who holds the universe. How are you doing that? <laughs> you know. And now Jesus is holding the soul of Mother Mary as an infant. And then um, the tradition is St. Thomas wasn't there. He arrives three days later and he asked to open the tomb so he could look upon her face one last time. They opened the tomb, the body was gone. That Jesus assumed her. So when Jesus ascends to the Father, we call that the ascension, because as God, he ascends is his own power. We use a different word for today. It's the assumption. The Holy Trinity assumed Mother Mary into heaven, body and soul. And um, here are a couple of details worth praying about. First of all, anything we believe about Mary, anything that happened in her life, it always teaches us two things. It teaches us something about God, and it teaches us something about ourselves. So first of all, her assumption teaches us that the resurrection of Jesus is going to be shared with all of us. So he raised her. So she is sharing and participating in the victory that Jesus had over sin, over the devil, over death, including bodily death. So her assumption is very centered in Christ. It actually isn't about her. It's about God and what God did. She is the masterpiece of God's creation. And in the image that we chose for Mother Mary's Assumption down at the exhibit, it's so fascinating. You're up in the air, you see Mother Mary, you see the Lord Jesus kind of poking through from a different dimension, the the dimension of heaven, and he's pulling her body into heaven. And then you look down and you see her empty tomb down on the ground. And then here's a, a detail, make sure you see this when you're over there. In the distance, you see three little red crosses in the horizon. And in the middle cross, which was Jesus's cross, you see a little red zigzag all the way down to Mary's tomb. And it was the artist's way of displaying that the assumption of Mother Mary is the fruit of Jesus's death and resurrection. So what we're celebrating here is the unfolding and playing out of the grace of the resurrection. Isn't that something? I'm so taken by that detail. And then on the left, you see some sort of field with all this, like some sort of produce there. And it's like the moment of death is the moment of harvest. The Bible often uses the metaphor of harvest for the moment of your death. And so that's what Mother Mary's death teaches us about Jesus. What she teaches us about us is that we will be resurrected at the last day from all of us together. When Jesus comes again in glory, in a miraculous manner, we will be raised. We will have glorified bodies like Jesus's glorified body. Redemption isn't just about your soul. It's about the entire human being, which is body and soul. And that's why this Christian spirituality, we have a great reverence for the body, a great reverence for the body, the body that we are united with. 
receives the water of baptism, receives the oil of confirmation. This body is fed on the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. The body, the blood, the soul, the divinity. So we have a great reverence for the body. That's why when somebody passes away, you're not allowed to do cremation if you're denying the resurrection. But if you're not denying the resurrection, you can do cremation. But even the cremains or the body itself has to be interred in a sacred place, not scattered on some river somewhere or whatever. Well, like, why is the church so uptight about that? It's because of the dignity of the body, the body that will be raised on the last day. So today's feast day, Mother Mary stands as a sign for us because she is the church in person. She reminds us that this is waiting for all of us, that we will be raised. So um, just one big takeaway, um, something to pray about today. Um, I do know that in our own time, there's quite a big struggle about the body and about the human person. And we're, you know, we have this, we've just come out of this um, pandemic with COVID and everything. That's nothing compared to the pandemic of pornography and impurity. It is a plague. It is a demonic spiritual plague. Sorry, I got to call it for what it is, right? And on a day like today, when the church has this feast day and we see what God did, this body of a woman in the resurrection of Jesus, the body of a man, we have to pray once again for the restoration, for the dignity of the human being and especially the body. And, you know, prayers of reparation for offenses against the dignity of the body and, and that touches on that very difficult topic. I know some of you saw that movie recently, The Sound of Freedom, that talked about human trafficking, kind of shining a light in the dark there that there's something happening even in our own country. People are being abused and misused and disrespected in a horrible way. And so on a day like today, it's a wonderful opportunity to take a moment and pray and think about you know, the bigger picture here, the beauty of God's creation, the beauty of our humanity, the dignity and value of the human being, including the body. You know, we're very pro-body as Catholics. You know, we're very pro-body. And we're really grateful and humbled that in God's plan that he would elevate us, that he himself would unite with the humanity in Jesus, the incarnation. There is no greater affirmation that we are good. At our very core, we are good. Throughout history, there have been different heresies to say, well, maybe we're not good. And again and again and again, the church has had to defend even though we're broken and wounded and we have a fallen human nature, but at the core, we remain good and our bodies are good and we are loved by God. And uh, this, I believe, is a message that is needed now more than ever. So we think of a beautiful image of Mother Mary's assumption, what God did, what it may teach us about, you know, the resurrection of Jesus and what waits for us, our share, our participation in his resurrection, and also the dignity and value that we all have in God's sight. And for that, we give thanks this day. Amen. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans Thank you.